What's going on, family? Happy Thursday. Welcome to the, where am I? The fact, that's what we're doing. Okay. Happy Thursday, family. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great week so far. There's been a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling. Of course, we've got the news for you, and we will be having those conversations shortly, as we always do. Thank you so much for your continued support of the faction it really means an awful lot to us so with that said if you're following us on the socials at the faction show thank you if not you can follow us there you can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us including spotify google and apple for those who are doing both thank you so much it means the absolute world would you leave a comment and a rating for us wherever you're listening to us those things really do make a massive difference all right there's a lot to get into let's start with this the fact that it is season premiere week in wwe and that week actually began tuesday night with the season premiere of nxt So let's start with this idea, and that is this was going to be the first look at the new NXT ever since the new logo was debuted about three weeks ago, taking it from the logo of many colors to the logo that is black, gold, and white. If you watched NXT, you noticed a couple of things that were different. Number one, you noticed that now the color scheme really reflects the new logo. Remember, for the last two weeks or so, the shows were pre-recorded, and so everything stayed in that previous color scheme. But now, things are updated to represent the black, white, and gold. So there's that. You saw a couple of new commentators, actually. One of the commentators is from Level Up, NXT Level Up, which is a program that actually comes on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern following SmackDown on Peacock, and that is kind of of the developmental of NXT, if that makes any sense. And if you think about it, one of the whole reasons why NXT 2.0 came to be, because there were a lot of prospects that were at the performance center that did not have the opportunity to actually be featured on NXT television. So Level Up began to really give those folks who weren't quite ready to be on NXT the opportunity to do that. So when you're starting to see folks like Quincy Elliott and some of the other newer faces that you're starting to see, they actually spent quite a bit of time in Level Up. So the commentator was from there, and then Byron Saxon came over from Monday Night Raw. This was all because Vic Joseph was caught up in immigration. Now, now that was not fabrication. That was factual because Vic Joseph during that three-week period and, and backstage interviewer Mackenzie Mitchell are a couple and got married in Italy during that break. They actually got married last weekend, so congratulations to them. Lots of folks attended the wedding from across the wrestling world, from Johnny Gargano to Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona. So shout out to them on their wedding and their nuptials it's really kind of fun to see yet another wrestling couple get together and i want to shout them out also just because like you really didn't know they were a couple they didn't do a bunch of on-screen things together they weren't very vocal on the socials so shout out to them and i'm excited to see what the future holds for them i'm certain next week we will be back to having the normal commentary duo 
of Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett. With that said, a couple of interesting takeaways that we got from this presentation of NXT. Right off the top, I will tell you that I think it's very interesting that what NXT sought to do was still merge some of what we have become accustomed to from 2.0 into this new vision of NXT. And so that also included bringing over folks from Raw and or SmackDown as the brawling brutes made their way over to NXT to challenge pretty deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I'll tell you how that match ended in a bit. Some other things that went down that were interesting. There is definitely a serious injury going on with the dawn of NXT as in Tony D'Angelo, who got injured in a match against Wes Lee. He'll be out for quite some time because of some injury there to his leg. We know that we have new number one contenders for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships as Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark defeated Toxic Attraction. And it seems as though we'll see a tag team title match for the women's side at Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc, by the way, for the first time, moves from being a Tuesday night special to being a premium live event, which will take place two weeks from this Saturday, October the 22nd. And one of the things that we learned there is there will be an ambulance match between Julius Creed and Damon Kemp. If Damon Kemp wins this match, Julius Creed's brother, Brutus Creed, is gone from NXT. And let me just take a minute and pause there because I'm finding it interesting that we have right now across multiple brands these matches where someone's career is on the line. And usually when you think about someone's career being on the line these days, we just automatically start thinking, okay, where are they headed? I'll talk a bit about what was supposed to happen in AEW regarding a match that was scheduled to involve Andrade and the future of his AEW career. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Julius Creed, Damon Kemp, ambulance match, Brutus Creed's career is on the line. Makes me wonder one of two things. Number one, does Damon Kemp suffer a loss here to keep the Creed brothers together in NXT? Or is Brutus Creed on his way to the main roster? That's going to be a great question, and I'm not sure which way they're going to go with that at this point. So I think this will be interesting to watch for the Creed brothers, who I think have had a definite degree of success in NXT. That also reminds me that it seems as though Diamond Mine is no more. Roderick Strong is still out. I'm not sure if he's actually still in the hospital or if there's some contract things that are being worked on. But yeah, it seems as though Diamond Mine is no more. So now, if indeed Brutus Creed ends up gone, I think this really is the nail in the coffin for Diamond Mine. I'm equally interested to see what Damon Kemp is going to be able to do. I've been really impressed with what we've seen so far with him in NXT. And I think we've got some great, great things on the horizon. Von Wagner defeated Andre Chase to punch his ticket into the North American title ladder match that's going to be happening at Halloween Havoc. Now, I'll tell you something that's interesting. I happen to be cleaning out my photos on my phone. I'm sure you're like, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Trust me. I was cleaning out the photos on my phone and I ran across an old photo of some new folks entering the performance center. And 
this picture went all the way back to 2019. So three years ago, and it was three years ago that in that picture, the new recruit was Von Wagner. I had not realized that he had actually been at the Performance Center that long, which explains why a year ago when 2.0 began, Von Wagner found himself mysteriously in the NXT championship match on that debut episode because I don't think we often realize just how many people have been sitting at the performance center waiting for an opportunity with that said Von Wagner ends up now in the NXT North American title picture his first championship opportunity strangely enough since his debut in NXT 2.0 over a year ago so all of that is super super interesting to see how that has gone down the tag team champions remain pretty deadly after some interference from Imperium, and that certainly continues things between Imperium and the Brawling Brutes leading into this Saturday for Extreme Rules when they will have a massive six-man tag Donnybrook type of match, which should be pretty crazy. So we saw quite a few things there happening in NXT. Welcome there to the season premiere of NXT. A very big night for sure. And I'm intrigued to see where NXT continues to go from here. Again, it's been a while since we've seen them with a premium live event, but that's going to be happening for Halloween Havoc. You know they're going to pull out the stops. And whether you caught it or not, there was actually a White Rabbit reference on NXT. It was in the ticker from Joe Gacy as part of the Grayson Waller effect. So it continues to get very, very interesting as we look at the White Rabbit. Now, speaking of the White Rabbit, it seems as though this White Rabbit really could be Bray Wyatt. We had a lot of questions whether or not, you know, this was Bray Wyatt or this isn't Bray Wyatt. Well, there's a story that dropped that could give you an indicator as to whether or not it's Bray Wyatt. And that is this, WWE has signed a brand new horror writer to join their creative team. The horror writer's name is Rob Fee. And Rob Fee has signed in the spot of director of longtime creative. As a horror writer, he's worked for Marvel. He's also penned comics for Spider-Man, Daredevil, Avenger, and he was the head writer on several Disney shows. He had actually pitched a movie to WWE surrounding the Fiend character, which several of the top-level executives really, really enjoyed, but shortly thereafter, Bray Wyatt was released, and so they were never able to really get into production of this movie. Now, I'll just say this. Why bring on a horror writer if not for a horror character, which certainly Bray Wyatt fits that particular bill. Bray Wyatt has been very, very quiet in the wrestling world. He has not wrestled anywhere since his release from WWE last year. And if we're honest, I think there's only one other company that could potentially handle what he brings to the table. And don't laugh, but I really think it's Impact. Impact really was the first to give us the movie match. They really were the first to suspend our belief and deal very well with horror characters, supernatural characters, that type of thing. They've done that extremely well. 
better, I think, than just about anyone else on a consistent basis. WWE obviously did that extremely well with The Undertaker. But other than that, some of the other horror slash supernatural kinds of characters have kind of fallen flat or at least didn't have a place to go. That's what kind of happened to Bray Wyatt, as creative as that particular character was. Where else could you take him if he's indestructible? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if indeed Bray Wyatt makes his return, which could happen as soon as this Friday for the season premiere of SmackDown or maybe even more appropriately at Extreme Rules Saturday night. We'll have to wait and see if indeed any of that happens or if we'll continue getting teasers about the White Rabbit. When we come back, there's some AEW news to discuss that I think you're going to find to be very interesting. Hey, what's up, players? WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. And on October the 7th, I'm going to be in Canton, Georgia for Southern Honor Wrestling. Now, they're having that big anniversary there. That's going to be a big show, and I certainly want to be a part of it. Y'all come out October the 7th, Southern Honor Wrestling. Holla at a player. Hey guys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and I want all my Georgia people to know that the number one promotion in the state of Georgia is Southern Honor Wrestling. That's right, I'm talking about the boys up there in Canton, GA, turning it out. And this is gonna be their four year anniversary, October 7th. You don't wanna miss it. It's all gonna start with the Diamond Cup Invitational. Two rings, 12, Guys, one winner. When it's all said and done, baby, there can only be one. October 7th, don't miss Southern Honor Wrestling. Bang! Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, October 7th for our huge anniversary show, SHW Still Here 4, coming to you live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. The show gang of wrestling makes her SHW singles debut as she faces the returning Heather Monroe. Former partners Chip Day and Kyle Matthews determine who the best technical wrestler in the state truly is when they face off in a two out of three falls match. Twelve men will compete in the first ever DDP Diamond Cup Invitational. Plus, Cyrus the Destroyer makes his long-awaited return to challenge the Priest of Punishment, Judas, in a last-man-standing match. And in our main event, two rings, two cages, Team Contra steps inside the War Chamber to battle Team SHW. We'll also have special appearances by wrestling legend Buff Bagwell and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Don't miss our biggest show of the year. Witness Southern wrestling live and experience like no other all right family a couple of pieces of news to talk about there first of all aew last night celebrating its three-year anniversary of dynamite in the city where dynamite was first aired washington dc now i've got to tell you that if you watched the show last night you saw a couple of things that were interesting well maybe you did maybe you didn't I noticed something extremely interesting. The first thing I noticed is the setup. 
The staging and setup for Dynamite reminded me an awful lot of their time in Jacksonville at Daly's place where, you know, the stage was literally connected there to the ring. And that was part of the setup for Daly's place. And so one of the things that I immediately noticed was just how small this venue was for dynamite it was held at the dc sports and entertainment complex which is a far cry from the original arena where dynamite was held as the original episode of dynamite was held at the capital one arena which has a capacity of 20,000. and if you remember watching that first episode of dynamite those seats were full they probably got about 15, 16,000 in there. You know, once you take a look at staging and all of that type of thing, it was a massive and incredible night and it felt huge. When you watched Dynamite last night, you could tell the arena was a lot smaller. And so I'll tell you exactly how small it was. So the max capacity for the DC Sports and Entertainment Complex is 4,200. That's basically 20% of the capacity of where the Washington Wizards play at Capital One Arena. In fact, let's put this into perspective. The DC Sports and Entertainment Complex is actually where the Washington Wizards practice basketball. Okay, so I hope you've kind of put that together so for all of the statements that are being made about the status and state of AEW let's be clear numbers don't lie and when you are in a space that is 20% the capacity of where you were when you started three years ago that's pretty massive now a couple of weeks ago they were in New York at the Arthur Ashe Center where last year they sold that out. It was not a sellout this year. So things have definitely changed for AEW. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But the visual of that was striking. Like there was hardly any room between the ring and the ramp because the ramp was connected. You didn't have far to walk. And with certain camera shots, you could even see that the top tier of that 4,200 seat venue was not full. So it's safe to say they probably had maybe 3,000 people in there. That's tough. They're also going to be back there Friday night as well for live episodes of Rampage and Battle of the Belt. So let's talk a little bit about that. Battle of the Belts was originally scheduled for this Saturday night. However, it was going to end up going head-to-head -head with WWE's premium live event, Extreme Rules. So an audible was called, and they decided to actually air it live. Now, here was the other thing. It was already scheduled to take place that Friday night in D.C., but they were going to record it and then air it Saturday night. But instead, they just decided to go ahead and air both hours live Friday night, which makes a lot of sense. And a lot of that is because... Coming up very, very soon, October the 18th, is going to be the first head-to-head -head competition between Dynamite and NXT since NXT moved from Wednesday nights to Tuesday nights. So you've got to think that AEW is looking to stack that card, and already we know there's going to be an AEW world title match that night where whoever the world champion is, be that John Moxley, MJF, or anybody else, will be taking on Hangman Page 
We also know that there's going to be, I believe, a tag title match that night. I hope I didn't get that wrong, but we'll certainly figure that out in the days and weeks to come. But yeah, it's going to be a pretty stacked night. Now, that particular card for NXT is going to be the go-home show as they lead into Halloween Havoc, which will take place that Saturday night. So it's going to be our first head-to-head competition. Again, this is a different AEW than the AEW that was taking on NXT back in 2019. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen with this. Certainly we'll be keeping our eyes and ears peeled for this. With that said, another interesting piece of news. So it had been promoted for almost a week now that one of the matches that was going to be taking place this Friday night on Rampage would see number 10 from the Dark Order taking on Andrade El Idolo. If Andrade won, then 10 would have to unmask. But if 10 wins, Andrade's career in AEW would be over. Ironically, earlier this week, Tony Khan went on to a podcast talking about Andrade and said that he did not feel that the people would really even care whether or not Andrade left AEW. He also said Andrade was a terrible person, et cetera, et cetera. While there are those who believe that maybe that was part of a storyline, again, it's kind of inappropriate to say if you're the boss and the owner and you're not involved in a storyline with some of your talent. But even bigger than that, mysteriously last night, Tony Khan puts out a tweet that says that that particular match is now off. Instead, this Friday, there will be a trios title match as Death Triangle will take on the Dark Order. So why all of a sudden the change, which was announced barely an hour before Dynamite went live? Well, apparently there was a backstage altercation between Andrade and Sammy Guevara. It resulted in Andrade being sent home and suspended. And so at this point, I'm starting to ask myself, okay, are we suspending the wrong people here? Why is it that so many people keep getting into issues with Sammy Guevara? He's clearly not liked by the fans, but then when you have veterans like Eddie Kingston and now Andrade getting into battles and ultimately getting suspended while Sammy Guevara stays on television, kind of makes you wonder a few things. And so I'm just like this. There's been enough trouble backstage surrounding Sammy Guevara that should make us raise an eyebrow or so. Certainly AEW cannot afford for more backstage issues as there have been plenty as the month of September certainly has shown us. So this is all super interesting to see where all of this is going to go. Two more things before we get out of here. Vice TV had its premiere of Tales from the Territories this past Tuesday night. I think I'm going to be dedicating a separate day to talking about that particular show because that show had so much in it. If you've not watched it, please go and watch it on Vice TV. You can watch it on demand. You can watch it on the Vice app. And this particular episode is also on YouTube as well on the official Vice channel on YouTube. So check it out. Tales from the Territory, episode one, talking about the Memphis Territory, and it's dubbed When Wrestling Was Real. It is amazing. So go ahead and check that out. Last but not least, tomorrow night is the four-year anniversary show for Southern Honor Wrestling. I have so many feelings and so much gratitude to be able to be a part of this. So 
I do believe we're going to be cooking up an episode for you next week to kind of give you some behind the scenes in terms of the road to SHW for me. Um, I've been talking to Courtney and I think we're going to pull that off. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming, I believe, next week. But in the process, I want to say this. The SHW anniversary show is very special to me. The one year anniversary show marked a significant night. And I'll just say this much as if you've been following us on the faction, you'll know that we did a, a very unique podcast surrounding that particular show we called it on the road and we taped some things heading to the venue and leaving the venue pre-show and post-show and at some point I'll tell you guys just how significant those two episodes were to me being in officially in the pro wrestling business so we'll get likely into that but with all of that said to me Southern Honor Wrestling is the mothership it is the place where I first got the opportunity to do what I do in the world of wrestling. So Southern Honor always has a very special place in my heart. And this anniversary show is going to be incredible. We've got appearances coming from Buff Bagwell, Teddy Long, the first ever DDP Invitational Cup. It's going to be a special night featuring the War Chamber Two rings, a giant cage encompassing the ring. Team SHW taking on Team Dishonor. It's going to be a great, great night. If you can get here to the Atlanta area, you want to be here to witness this live and in person. And if you can't, it will be airing on IWTV likely next week or somewhere thereafter. So with all of that said, thank you for your continued support. If you can make it to this anniversary show, that will be amazing. Stay connected to us here at The Faction as we continue to bring you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling until next time representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman the ep john murray my name is gerard bonner and this is the faction I my people here.